So hello and welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is Joel Harrison. I'm Editor-in-Chief and Founder of B2B Marketing. Um, and this is the 100th edition of the B2B Marketing Podcast. So we thought we'd do something a bit different, a bit interesting, hopefully, um, and unusual for this edition. And so I'm delighted to be joined today by uh, my colleague and a CEO of B2B Marketing, Richard O'Connor. Rich, hi, how are you doing? Hello, Joel. Nice to be here with you. Uh, an unusual uh, occurrence for us. It is. It is. It's, it's unusual, but different. And it's all about, you know, B2B marketing is all about pushing the boundaries and we're all pushing respective boundaries in this one. Um, so we're going to talk today a bit about the history of B2B marketing as an organization and then a brand. And a, a, yeah, you could say to a certain extent, at the risk of blowing my own trumpet, a bit of a movement in some respects. But more importantly, and more interesting for everybody, I'm sure, is to talk about the future. Um, so um, I'm going to talk, Rich is going to ask me some questions about the kind of the past and the history, and then I'm going to ask Rich some questions about the future. Um, so at this point, I'm going to do something which is very out of character and um, makes me quite nervous and anxious. I'm going to let somebody else ask the questions, and I'm going to be the subject of those questions. So Rich, be nice to me, you know, be gentle. Coacher term gamekeeper. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, let, let, let's start. I mean, 100, 100 um, episodes of the podcast is a milestone in itself, but obviously, before we even did the podcast, um, B2B marketing goes way, way back in its 20th year. Um, but tell us a bit about how it started. Um, you know, where did the idea come from and what, were the, what was the genesis of B2B marketing as a business? I'll, I'll try to give the kind of not too ridiculously long answer to that question. Um, James Farmer, who's my business partner and the co-founder of B2B marketing, and I were talking about could we work for ourselves? And it was a slightly, it was one of those conversations that um, became an abstract one that started to get more solid and we looked at what we could do. We we're both involved in marketing and we realized there was this massive gap in the market for B2B. There was loads of publications, loads of conversations about B2C. But if you read those publications, which are perfectly good publications, by the way, things like Precision Marketing or Marketing Week, et cetera, et cetera, um, they just didn't they treat actors as if B2B didn't exist. So it became a thing. It became a, realized there was a massive gap in the market. Um, and um, we thought uh, circumstances that combined to allow us to do it in terms of the right stage in our life, old enough to have credibility and, and young enough to not have enough fear. Um, and we borrowed some money and 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 launched a business and and the rest is kind of history, although that belies a lot of um, uh, kind of turbulence along <laughs> the way. But uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was it just was a feeling that there was um, there was something missing in marketing and, and that we wanted to, to, to plug that gap. Oh, fair enough, and um, well, look at how far you've come. But 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 take us back to 2003. Um, what was marketing like back then? What was the environment like? Well, B two B certainly was like a was. I mean, it wasn't even a poor relation. It was just wasn't on the radar. Um, it was just ignored by by everybody. I mean, apart from a few few isolated people who were talking about it and doing things about it. I mean, marketing generally, you know, think about it's it's hard to remember what was going on then or what wasn't going on possibly um it was prior to it was still very much a print uh, media orientation you know you had like something like 20 marketing magazines is one description or another if you include stuff like the pr titles and the design titles mm -hmm. and digital titles so it was very much orientated around that lots of exhibitions and trade shows a few conferences not many um email marketing was a thing but it probably hadn't really got going yet in the way that we imagine it um, so it was kind of advertising, buying lists, and we all know the quality of um, board yeah. lists, right? <laughs> it wasn't never was great, was it? Um, 
so it was, it, you know, in, by today's standards, it felt very kind of amateurish. Um, and I think one of the striking things that's changed in that time is the attitude to creativity and creative. I mean, it was, and this hopefully will play into some things we're going to talk about later on. You know, there's an expectation that advertising and the messaging should be very rational and very corporate um, and basically very boring. Um, and that's one of the things which has changed so dramatically in, in the time. So, but back then, yeah, pretty, pr a pretty kind of staid environment. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, and, it, and it has changed dramatically, that that sort of rational to emotional purchase, I think we're seeing. And yeah, perhaps we'll talk a bit more about that later on. But but again, take, taking back to when you started B2B marketing, you know, how, how do you how did you start? What did you do? What, what was the what was the, the first steps that you took and the first products that you uh, brought to market? Well, I mean, the first product was a magazine and that was that was the centre of the business um, for a long time. And we ultimately closed it about three years ago now, which was a very sad day for me um, and, and some other people. But um, I think it was time had come. Um, but um, uh, we started doing that. Um, that seemed like the obvious and logical thing to do. That was what people expected and, and, and the way the information was consumed. And then we branched out quite quickly on from that because it was apparent that, um, you know, you that publishing companies that operated like that they built a brand and they operated services around the outside of it and we got involved in the war and we launched an awards program quite quickly and then conference after that um a bit more slowly and then into training and we were doing we were, we were selling lists and data and um uh, we were doing advertising and um you know and, but but the whole realm of the digital things that we've done we don't we do now we, we hadn't even got into we didn't even really start on that journey probably until around 2008 so um yeah it was a pretty simplistic business at first and literally the first edition you know i put together from my living room in a, in a shared house that i was living with living in and all by myself we spent time trying to figure out who the people were that were interested in we identified a few a few names and then kind of built out a network from there so there wasn't a kind of a, a cluster to build around you know mm. um the agency world was was done there was a lot of b2c agencies dabbling in b2b there weren't service providers there was no martech world at all there's people like experian and richard lloyd at experian was doing stuff there um so yeah it was it was it was quite a struggle and and, and since then i mean 20th year you must look back and, and feel very proud of, of what you've achieved both both for b2b marketing as a business but but b2b marketing is an industry and, and it's no coincidence that you know the business is the same name as the industry because I think you were, you know, you won't say this, but I can uh, because when I was doing my due diligence before joining the business, you are widely credited with um, providing definition and shape to uh, the B two B marketing industry, certainly in in UK and Europe. Well, it's, it is very flattering to say that, and it's and it's and it's lovely to 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 have made a difference to how people work and how they understand how they can position themselves and feeling like they're part of something. Um, I mean, you made a really great point there, Rich, though, that actually that then the that there's differences in the UK and Europe and the US and then beyond as well. And the US, it definitely was more of a thing for longer. Um, and then in B2B was more more respected, more mature um, for a lot longer than in the UK. Um, but in the Europe, I think, is a little bit behind the UK, certainly in terms of the evidence of things that are being done that are interesting um, or, or relevant. So um, but it has changed dramatically along the way. It, um, you know, I think that uh, the, the one of the biggest changes possibly was kind of 2007, 2006 to 2008. The Martech, the, the, the rise of marketing automation was a bit of a game changer. And that was that first kind of segue um, <clears throat> into the world of market, marketing technology. Um, and it, it's it felt a bit threatening at the time. Um, it, and it kind of coincided with the credit crunch um, and all of that was going on then and people's 
money started shifting to different places but i think it it just opened the doors to more things and um the industry is richer because of it so that was a big deal um and then you've had different waves of of um activity and interest you've had in other technologies coming on screen ideas um like behavioral, behavioral science have come to the fore which have been great um and a, but a greater sense of of the role of creativity um, and emotion in B2B, um, which I think kind of probably pop, started popping up around the kind of 2012, 2013s. Um, so, you know, and I think where we get to now, um, you know, we've seen these explosion in MarTech, but it, that, it feels like, yeah, and I think we'll talk about this later on, there's a, you know, we're seeing a, a new wave change um, being driven by by things like AI, um, um, but but buyers um, feel much more enabled and things like that. So, so it has, it has changed beyond recognition, uh, but, but 99 vast majority of ways for the better, it's more mature, more sophisticated, more accountable, um, and, and just a more, a, a better, more rewarding place to work. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it, it is a special industry, but what, what do you find special about B2B? And, and, and actually, did you, did you know that before you started? Was this something you, you had identified that, that made you want to move into what was it, you know, it was a niche, um area ill-defined i like i'm i think a lot of people like underdogs and i thought b2b was an ultimate underdog um and it felt like it underdog needed 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 championing so i'm i'm I, I like that about it but that was before we started and i think after we started what was apparent really quickly was that there were so many people who were so passionate and felt the same as us about it um and that but and even though the industry has grown hugely Actually, there is still that sense of massive interconnectivity. Um, I was talking just literally before we started did this call with one of our CMOs, and she was talking. She was saying, "Oh, I connected up with someone via one of the events you did. I hadn't seen for twenty years." And, you know, and there's that. So, so it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a passionate. It's a bigger, it's a ghetto that's growing, but it's a very passionate place, and and I and I love that. I love that sense of galvanization and and uh, everyone pulling together towards the same end. And I, I couldn't have predicted that was there before before we started, which is which is wonderful. And, um, and and you know, and you look at the the level of interaction with social posts, and um, you know, some of some of the you know the, the responses we get and the engagement we get on things like topics. We'll talk about about later, but the quality is there, isn't it? The quality of conversation, the quality of, of knowledge and expertise, and the willingness to share is you know, extraordinary. Um, but you 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 started as a journalist. Um, do you think you're a B2B marketer now or still a journalist? Where do you sit on that little continuum? I think I've, I think I've, I've I'm, I'm probably nine tenths B2B marketer. Um, I don't really know what I am really, because I do, I don't really do much journalism in the conventional sense, um, but I enjoy doing lots of different things. And I think one of the things which I've, I've personally benefited most out of is the opportunity to try things and, and develop my skill sets. And I've really enjoyed that. And watching the industry change along the way and people having to change what they do and, and what it looks like. So I think we're, I feel like we're all learning as we go, you know, and some people's starting points are different and, and I'm no different to that. So, um, yeah, I've loved every minute of it um, and, yeah. and lots more to come, I hope. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And just my uh, last question from me, I mean, how would you characterize B2B marketing as it is now, um, as a discipline, as an industry? I, I think it's increasingly mature, it's increasingly sophisticated, it's increasingly confident. Um, and, and confidence, I think, has been part of its problem. Um, it's no longer settling for second best. Um, it recognizes it needs the best people and and it's getting them. And it and it and it's 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 it really great B2B marketing and great B2B marketers are absolutely making the difference for companies they're not just making up the numbers like they were you know you're seeing b2b as a growth engine for the best companies in the world whether they're fast-growing startups or massively established corporates um and and it's not 
an option or something you pay lip service to. And, and that fills me with tremendous uh, pride um, and enthusiasm for the future. It's a, it's a, you know, that's where it should be. But we've got more to go. We can't rest on our laurels. You know, there's more, more we can do. And, and we want to be, we see ourselves as being part of that place uh, for the future. So, um, yeah, exciting so times. The best days for, for B2B are ahead of us. Absolutely. Beautifully put, Richard. You're wasted in this um, CEO <laughs> role. You should be a journalist. <laughs> that's um, brilliant. Thank you, Joe. Well, thank you. Um, and, and I appreciate you being with kind questions, which we, we talked about beforehand. We, um, but and now we're going to turn the tables and I'm going to ask you some questions. So, um, Rich, you've been at B2B Marketing for about a year. But for those of you who've not met, uh, tell us a bit about your background, because you've been in B2B in one kind or another for a long time, haven't you? I mean, all, most of my career. Um, yes. I, I mean, I, I started out selling three line classified ads for a B2B uh, construction publication called the Building Services Journal and uh, Security Management Today, a company called the Builder Group at the time, and then worked on Property Week and, and Building Magazine. So all kind of construction and, and property magazines. Um, so I you know, worked my way up through classified advertising recruitment and, and so on. And then I landed in um, actually precision marketing at Centaur. Um, about the time that you were launching B2B marketing. So I was one of those competitor titles. Again, it was a niche area, you know, about data. You know, you think about the importance and prominence of data now. It was this sort of weird thing that people were doing with data and um, you know, companies like Data Monitor who were, who were around at the time. But it felt it felt very niche, a bit like B2B marketing. Um, so I spent some time there. And then I, I did eight years at the independent newspaper around the uh, part of the advertising department and the creative solutions team. Brilliant. So brilliant experience working with ad agencies and effectively running our own little agency within within the newspaper. So a bit of consumer experience. Then went back into B2B to uh, UBM, who'd acquired the Builder Group, who'd been acquired by CMP, so um, a load of acquisitions, um, and ran a client solutions team there. And I ended up doing a, a, a fell into a, a global sales transformation role. Um, I just wanted to improve the business uh, in terms of the way that we sold and the way that we, our sales systems and our sales operating model worked. And I was doing some work in that. We had a CEO, a brilliant, brilliant CEO called Tim Pobold, who came in and said, look, you know, what you're doing there, that's exactly how we need to think about the entire business. So I was given this a wonderful opportunity to run a, uh, a sales and ultimately a sales and marketing transformation for, you know, 1,500 salespeople and um marketing folk, you know, across three continents. So I spent a lot of time in Asia and uh, the US working with some brilliant colleagues at, at UBM. Very, very happy days. We then got acquired by Informa. Um, I worked with the integration for a year and then decided it was probably time to do something different. So I went into EG, which is part of Relics, um, commercial property data. and got some experience in software as a service and data and business intelligence. Uh, and from there, I, I uh, stumbled across um, James Farmer and, and Joel Harrison. Um, and uh, you know the rest is is history. In fact, you know, hopefully we've got we're, we're making history with a bit of luck. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And one and your 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 all the um, fantastic experience you've had is just is just makes you just a great person for this role. And we've benefited from all that, which is marvelous. What what have you learned about B two B since you've been with on board at B two B marketing for about what just normal not quite eighteen months? Is that right? It's, yeah, it's... yeah, that's right, that's right. I mean, I, the, the first thing I have fallen in love. With the b2b marketing industry and and both as a wider industry but but this business and and the people within it it is a, a, a wonderful wonderful industry full of clever people full of generosity of spirit full of um bright sparks who are just constantly trying to improve and um and, and develop and and learn um and what's what i've really 
has become clearer to me in, in, in the last 18 months is that B2B is this absolute global engine room, but it's it's hidden in plain sight. You know, the fact that we don't have a some kind of B2B index and, you know, the, the economy is, and GDP is driven by uh, retail uh, and consumer. Um, and we don't have anything on B2B despite its size and the importance. Um, it's just extraordinary, really. And somebody said to me the other day, and I think I mentioned it at the B2B award, but it's just staggering that, you know, you think about a car, the production of a car, which is ultimately a consumer product, but there's 120 B2B transactions in the production of a car. And you think about any any consumer product, it is the product of a whole host of B2B transactions. Um, and when you when you get your head around that, you just realize how big and how important it is. And yet it's just kind of hidden, um, yeah. hidden from view, unless you're unless you're in the industry. Um, I think I think the other thing is that the last few years have really amplified the need for uh, B2B marketers. Um, my, my background is sales. Um, you know, I've done, I've, I've sold or been around sales and run commercial teams for my pretty much my whole career. And the 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 the, the action of selling and and the the profession of selling has changed irrevocably in the last three years. The buyer has changed. The buyer's been evolving all the time. Um, but the environment that we're working in now, where um, working practices have changed, there's more flexible working, more people working from home. Um, mentioned the pandemic but that changed everything for a lot of industries where they relied on field sales and going and seeing customers they couldn't do it and all of a sudden people just thought oh my god we're not very good at marketing um <laughs> so the investment and the the time going into b2b marketing has um has has ha had to improve dramatically and i think now is such an incredible time for b2b marketers and their value has never been um never been more um important and um and prominent yeah, well said. I mean, it's it's a, it's a great time for the industry, and but and not only because of what it can do now, but what the potential is definitely. Um, so so tell us. So if you're listening to this podcast, you may be a you know subscriber to the podcast, or this might be your first one you come across. But so you might not know about Propolis, which is our um, a critical part of what we do at B two B Marketing now. So Rich, tell us about Propolis. What is it? What does it do? And why do we think it's significant? Why do you think it's significant for B two B Marketing as an industry? Well, B two B Marketing is a global community and, and if there's one thing i've learned um from my time here it, it really is a community uh, i talked about that generosity of spirit and willingness to share and learn and um and it's full of experts expert practitioners who are you know wrestling with the same challenges um you know in in various parts of the world but the similar things all of those all of those you know big um you know kind of macro shifts that are happening everyone's facing those um and Propolis is a place, uh, what we call a community intelligence platform, where we bring together um, B2B marketing leaders, both, both existing leaders, so CMOs and heads of department, but also aspiring leaders. Um, and you, you, know, you don't have to run a team to be a B2B marketing leader. Um, so it's about leadership, the people who are ambitious, want to learn, want to lead the industry. And we bring them together into a community um, to provide intelligence. Um, so we have uh, data and insight on the metrics that matter, on the hot topics, on the things that you should be thinking about both now and that you should be thinking about in the future, like AI, uh, for example, um, you know, with, within the platform. So to, to be able to access all of that uh, intelligence, it's about expertise. Um, it is about connecting with um, expert practitioners on um, vertical marketing disciplines like strategy, like um, 
uh, campaigns and execution like data, like brands, and we have experts within the community and specialists who can help uh, answer questions and give the you know the, the benefit of their years of experience. But also, it's an expert community in the sense that all of the members are experts. As I said, they're all experiencing the same thing. So there's this kind of peer learning um, quality of, of of bringing together a community of B2B marketers who are um, going through the same uh, experiences and, and wanting to learn and develop and inform their strategy. And then it's and then we provide solutions, so actionable content and practical resources um, that that help marketers do their job better. Um, so we kind of we, we it's not a a website online. We're not a we're not doing kind of thought pieces and fluffy nice blogs. This is super practical, practical, actionable content because I I believe and I know you believe that our role as B two B marketing and and via properties is to help um, B two B marketing leaders succeed and get better at their job. And that's that's what uh, properties is for. It's a place for leaders to come and um, become better leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well said. And, and it, it feels like it does so many of the things that we were trying to do before so much better in a more cohesive way. Um, so it's it's exciting to see it built, you know, day by day or, or and improved day by day. I mean, you touched on this earlier on, um, but but just to kind of circle back, I mean, because B2B is, and we've talked about this, B2B is going through some pretty long-term changes right now. So so tell us a bit about how Propolis aligns with that and, and then helps to kind of enable marketers to respond and and, 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 and tackle those challenges. Sure. Well, I, I mean, I think a big one we've touched on already is the shift in the relationship between marketing and sales. Um, so we've we've got a live um, what, what I call community intelligence in action happening in Propolis at the moment, um, where we've got um, our membership really going hard at the issue of, of sales enablement, um, which is really the, the kind of playbook and the mechanism by which sales and marketing can talk the same language and and work together really really effectively. Um, and that's happening right now, uh, you know, where the community is helping diagnose the problem in with real granularity and then going hard at what the potential solutions are. So it's what we call um, it's a content sprint. Um, you think of product development, it's a two week sprint where we're just going hard at diagnosing the problem and solving uh, the problem. Then we'll create um, a piece of research that will be usable by the whole of the membership community to go and then solve some of those problems in their own organizations. And that will be available for for Propolis members. But the, the reason I say that is because the richness um, and the passion and the quality of conversation is just extraordinary. Um, you know, it's, it's happening live as, as we speak and has been for the last week. And um, you just look at the experiences and the, the, the quality of, and the expertise that you get from, um, you know, people as far and wide as, as, as India and, and, you know, both, both sides of the US and the middle of the US and Europe and, and uh, APAC and, you know, we've just got this incredible input um but that but that relationship between sales and marketing is is a really really hot topic now and the reason it's a hot topic and i think this is coming out in our in our um sprint um is because the buyer is changing um and you talked about the the change between the rational buyer uh, and the emotional buyer that was a big shift absolutely um you know b2b was seen all seen as rational buyers we, we got that wrong um you know, they're absolutely emotional bias because, because, you know, guess what? They're human beings um, and they're, they might be purchasing on behalf of the company, but they're human beings and they're influenced by emotion first, rationality second. But the buyer, I think the buyer is changing even more than that. The buyer is um, much more informed. Uh, they don't actually need to speak to anyone to, to do their research. You know, they've done a lot of that, as we know from 
uh, previous research, they've done a lot of that before they even speak to you. Um, they're blind to uh, messaging. Um, they've, they're bombarded by you know, social posts and LinkedIn and digital marketing. So, you know, actually getting to that buyer uh, and influencing that buyer is harder than ever. And it takes real precision and it takes real expertise to understand what those buyers need and how to access them because it is hard. It's really hard. It, it's really hard for sales. Actually, marketing, this is this is why it's such a great time for marketing because getting the messaging right, finding the right channels, finding the right partners, that's that's a marketing practice. So I think marketing's role in helping sales is is just um even more critical than it's than it's been. And I guess the third trend is AI, um, which I mean it's just extraordinary. Um the impact um I see. I mean you just you just you go on to Quora or LinkedIn or and you watch these videos of, of people who are just seeing new applications for AI. I mean, I, I, I would go so far as to say it's it's in time going to have the same impact as um, the internet per se. Um, it is that transformation. And we're just at the start of it, but the applications for AI are just a little bit crazy and and in some sense are slightly scary. Although, for, I think for B2B marketers, this is about, as, as everyone did with the internet, um, it's about embracing it, harnessing it, um, using it to, uh, you know, perform some of those um, requirements, those tasks that don't require the human brain, the emotion um, to make marketing more efficient. That way you can, you know, use the, the real expertise and brilliance of, of B2B marketers for the bits that require a, a human touch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're three. There are, there are many more, but they're the three top of my yeah. mind. They're pretty big. They're pretty big. There's <laughs> lots of getting teeth into in those. Um, so, so tell us a bit how about who Properties is designed for um, and who is not designed for it. Can anybody join? Well, it's 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 a premium membership community. Um, so it's it's a paid community. It's not a not a, a, an open community. Um, we we tend to operate with uh, marketing teams of you know ten and above um, because our our members are tend to be you know medium-sized or enterprise organizations often global in nature um and so in, in that sense no it's not it's not open to everybody um but you know it, it, it's a it's a community where we're bringing together peer groups who are who are similar um so who understand what a global operation looks like who understand you know running a marketing function of you know in often cases 200 300 plus what are those challenges? Because they're not the same as having somebody who's got a you know running marketing on their own. Um, so we we operate at, at that level. Um, so yeah, members who are, you know tend to be global in nature, um, larger scale. Um, yeah, and it's it's yeah. Go on, sorry. And we just start, we just started bringing a very carefully selected number of agencies in, um, and because they are part of the the the, the landscape, right? But we're just we're doing that in a way that's critical to not kill the the objectivity. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, agencies and martech vendors and and clients all need something for each other from each other. There's an there's an interdependence there. Um, but what Propolis isn't and never can be and never will be is is a sales platform. Is a, is an opportunity for people to kind of pitch their wares to you know our, our client side marketer community. And none of the agencies um, that are joining Propolis, all the vendors that will join Propolis will will do that because they recognise this is a community about improving B two B marketing, not an opportunity to get a quick sale. Um, yeah, and we're, we're very proud to have agencies joining Propolis at, at the moment because. Um, they have so much to offer in things like behavioral science and creativity and campaign planning and ABM and 
all of the things that agencies are so brilliant at doing and provide the services um, to um, marketers because they're just so good at it and um, marketers need agencies and vendors. Yeah, and then they got they got the perspective of having worked with multiple clients to be able to answer the question in, in more than one way, which is always helpful. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so how does so we talked earlier on about you know the, the history of the the brand B two B marketing rather than the industry B two B marketing as this organisation. How does Propolis, we talked about magazine, is sadly RIP. Um, uh, we what, what tell us about about the other activities that B two B marketing does, the awards, Ignite training, etc. How does Propolis fit in around all those? Well, I tell you, one of the the things that is most rewarding and most makes me most happy about um, what we do and my role and 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 what we do as a business and a brilliant uh, team that we've got is having worked in global exhibitions for um, eight years, in fact nine years, we include a year at Informer. Um, I don't think anyone has ever unlocked. If you are running a global exhibition for three days in a year. Um, or a conference, or an awards, or, an, or any form of an event. How do you communicate with that audience for the rest of the year? And lots of people have tried, and it's you know um, directories and e-commerce and kind of community, but nobody's really got it right. And the great joy of B two B marketing is because we've got a similar audience, we are able to have we call I call problems the steel thread that runs through our business because we can surface conversations of problems as we are doing right now in sales enablement. And the culmination of that, um, and, and the, the, that, that almost empirical research that's happening peer-to-peer research, reaches a crescendo at our physical event. So one of our sessions at Ignite, which is coming up at the end of June, will be um, the results of our um, content sprint that we've got, we're running in Populous now. So people will get this reveal of this kind of empirical research. It's just incredible. And then, we'll carry on the conversation afterwards back in Propolis. So there's this beautiful circularity. Um, you know, we're not getting it all right and we're learning all the time, but there's this circularity of conversation and content, expertise, intelligence, um, that, that it's just, it's just, it's, it's just a pleasure because, you know, I, I was part of the team that was trying to unlock this for, you know, large uh, scale events uh, globally. And I don't think anyone else has got that right. And we've, we're, uh, we're, we're doing it. It's just, just brilliant. Yeah, it's really super exciting, and, and and that continuity of dialogue is so important. Tell us a bit about Propolis, though, itself in terms of its development. Um, there's some big projects on the horizon. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, you you, you absolutely are. Um, look, Propolis is two years old, and we've made great progress. Um, but we're 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 now starting to see real acceleration in the levels of engagement, the quality of conversation, frankly, the confidence for people to. Um, know that there is no stupid question. Um, so people come in and they want a recommendation on, you know, a, an agency, they want a recommendation on a piece of technology, but they also want to run past their value proposition, past the community. And guess what? They get an incredible response from, you know, somebody from commercial real estate is commenting on a value proposition from somebody in professional, another professional service organisation or a tech organisation. And I mean, it's just incredible that people put the time in to give you that that feedback and, you know, it, it, it's it's brave and bold to put it out there, but is your value proposition going to be better when the B2B marketing community comes up? Yes, absolutely it is. So we're getting much better at that. But the really exciting thing is what we call our um, uh, community index. The one thing that I think is missing, uh, and we're told by our members and our, our community a lot is missing, is reliable um, indexes and metrics where you can um, compare yourselves in terms of what, um, what what 
should your spend on tech be in your peer group? Um, what does good look like in terms of performance? How big should my team be? Um, how much, what percentage of, of turnover should my marketing budget be for my specific, um, you know, uh, a peer group of, of, of companies? Um, and we're, we're, we're well on the way with that process and we're launching the first iteration of that at Ignite in June. And then it will become what we call a contributory data model. So our members will con contribute um, uh, in a give to get model. They give their data in return for the market's data. Uh, so we will end up with this self-perpetuating community index um, that is constantly changing and evolving, but will give B2B marketers this ability to um, look at um, having decision-making tools. So a CMO can go to the board and say, look, this is what good looks like. Um, and this is, this is you know, a, a really reliable um, source of information because it's you know, based on this community of, of global B2B marketers. Um, so that's really, really uh, exciting. Uh, and as I say, the first um, iteration of that starts in June and then it will build and build over the course of the next 18 months. Yeah, it sounds super exciting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to see the first results from it. So it, 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 I say it raises the game properly significantly. Not that it wasn't already punching above its weight already. So, um, but um, Rich, just closing thought, if you've listened to this and you've thought to myself, this sounds really good, um, but I need a kind of a, a justification. What, what's the what's the one message you'd leave people with in terms of why should they go and if they're a CMO, bring their team into Propolis. If they're a, further down the team, why should they go and advocate to the CMO to be part of this? What what's the one message you'd like to leave them with? Well, I I don't think it's um, overplaying it to say that B two B marketing is going through an unprecedented uh, transformation, um, and and at an accelerated pace. Um, and I think that it means that having access to a, a kind of trusted, independent and expert community of peers who are, and, and you know, aspiring B2B marketing leaders and existing leaders who are going through the same thing, experiencing the same challenges, um, having the same questions and, and problems um, has never been more important. So having Propolis and somewhere where you can go and um, ask somebody for advice, for help, uh, access, you know, the right uh, tools and metrics uh, to make decisions, I think is is has never been more important and, and powerful. Yeah, well said. I think it, it, exactly right. It's it's such an exciting time, um, and but marketers need support, and you know we're, we're delighted to be there with Propolis to to do that. So, Rich, thanks for your time today. Great to talk to you about this stuff, and we talk about it a lot, but it's still it's great to encapsulate it and you explained it brilliantly and so you know the whole uh, business has been growing from strength to strength under your leadership so really appreciate it um well and, th and thank you joel because you know without you and james um and the hard work that you've done over the last 20 years um we wouldn't any of none of us would be here and i think b2b marketing as an industry would, would be poorer so i'm sorry well, there's a bit of back patting on both sides but i'm sure our audience will, will forgive us for that and happy birthday 20 years this year 20 years this year exactly 20 years young i've got the gray hair to prove it um so thanks everyone for listening i hope you enjoyed this podcast i hope if you want to know more about propolis or anything we talked about today please drop us a line we'd love to hear from you um there will be another podcast again extraordinarily quickly before you even know it so uh, please subscribe if you haven't done so already uh we have ignite coming out very soon in chicago and also in london so if you haven't got your tickets for that um uh, please do we'd love to see you it's going to be a great event and we'd love to welcome you to propolis very soon so anyway for now from rich and i goodbye thanks for listening